Is governance killing your innovation pipeline? An audio article by Flying Cars Innovation. Take a walk through any lovely garden. Breathe in the scent of roses, hyacinths and honeysuckle. Watch while butterflies and bees go about their business. Fast forward two or three years. Suppose that same beautiful garden has remained unweeded and unloved all those years. It will be messy, overrun and inhospitable. Left unchecked and seldom reviewed, your governance procedures will exhaust your most committed innovators. Over the last five years, we've spoken to hundreds of innovation practitioners about the obstacles they face daily. Governance of the innovation process comes up as one of the top three topics holding organisations back from greater impact and raising more money. Tight, restrictive governance means the best ideas don't even make the final cut of what goes into testing. Worn down and discouraged from experience, radical and unusual ideas remain unloved gems left to wither on a physical or virtual post-it note. What can we get signed off becomes the guiding principle, rather than what does our audience want and what need can we fill? So what is governance? It's a complicated word that probably means something different to different people and organisations. Primarily though, it's a set of rules and processes used by a business to direct and control its actions. It isn't inherently wrong. It's essential and used correctly can enable and empower staff to get things done within a framework that manages risk. Sign off and approvals process, spending limits, risk committee, investment committees, innovation boards. I'm sure many of these forums are familiar to you. In their own right, they perform valuable functions, but they're seldom, if ever, reviewed to ensure they are enabling. If governance is reviewed, it is common for extra layers and even tighter parameters to be added, further reducing freedoms. Instead of clearing the path for innovation, governance usually does the exact opposite. It forms some of the biggest barriers. This sucks up time and creates extra work that adds little value. In our experience, sign-off processes become convoluted, long and drawn out with multiple stakeholders, many of whom have low understanding of the audience the campaign or product is being produced for. These stakeholders often have little time or context to give considered input, yet their input can make or break the success of a product that's in the really early stages of development. As Chanel Woodland said, formerly the head of innovation at the Royal British Legion, sign-off is very stringent. Everyone wants to be involved. The original concept gets diluted and we collectively make it safe. Safe means an idea will get signed off, but at what cost? The signed off idea has often moved a long way from the original concept and in crowded markets, we know that safe seldom wins. So what do innovation practitioners need from governance? Remove barriers, to allow them to operate at speed, and to allow them to access organisational resources. The common objectives of, of leaders or other stakeholders 
are, they want to decrease risk. They want to feed in their personal preferences early and they'll often feed, point out issues that their teams may have in delivering this new product or service. Bad governance often ignores the audience insight that's driven development of the idea. It slows execution down, removes the edges of the idea until it can be signed off. By that stage, it's often lost the bite that would have given it market cut through. This leads to the least exciting ideas moving through the pipeline as they're most likely to be signed off. It dispirits staff and bad governance asks for evidence and data that does not yet exist. You should renew, review your governance often. Suppose you want to take your innovation to another level of performance. You should regularly review that to make sure it's enabling your teams to get their jobs done. Speak to your staff. Is the process working for them? If not, improve it. Do not let your governance garden grow untamed into a jungle of barriers. Because innovation is usually the development of something new, a feature or product, often extra layers of governance are created things like an innovation board or a committee. From what we've seen, innovation boards just don't work because of the opposing objectives of many of the stakeholders sitting on that board. This extra layer of sign-off slows things down, reduces the focus on the audience and increases the focus on, is this something we can do? Is this what we normally do? Is this good for us or me? Decision-making by consensus often leads to risk aversion and the safest bet winning. Groupthink can veer away from making risky decisions. As one director of income generation we spoke to said, governance slows us down the most. There's no way to avoid it. We set up a spin-out business for people living with a health condition, but we still get sucked into the vortex of charity governance. The impact of unchecked governance procedures are significant. As former innovation consultant Leslie Pinder from the British Red Cross says, I've seen many excellent people end up exhausted due to governance and decision making that was set up for status quo fundraising, not innovation. Our systems stay the same, yet people are expected to do things in new ways. The challenge is, those brave folk who take risks are often not supported by the processes and systems of an organisation, but they're still expected to remain brave and push despite it. Pressure is put on the few who end up exhausted and burnt out. But listeners, do not fear. There are many ways you can avoid losing your best ideas and people. Some solutions. Co-create a sign-off process that works for all stakeholders. The way you sign off on business-as-usual campaigns does not work for innovation prototypes that need to pivot quickly and work to minimum viable product principles. So, design something bespoke for innovation. Create a clear list explaining what you, as an innovator, need governance to do. Then, Create another list explaining what the organisation needs from good governance. Then create a new merged and balanced objectives list taking into consideration those two different perspectives. Find some common ground and commonality. 
Try to keep formal governance as slim down as you can while maintaining confidence and trust in what you're doing. Then map the critical stakeholders across your organisation and see what level of communication they need. Try to keep this as lean as you can. Try to avoid creating an innovation board. Instead, discuss with key stakeholders how your team can help theirs and what kind of big problems you could solve together. Gather your requirements twice a year. Outline how you're going to assess their requests because innovation boards quickly become full of politics and tribalism. Try, finally, try to model delegated authority as much as possible. Governance should not be about exerting control. Trust your staff to do the right thing without signing off every element multiple times. So there you have it. If you really want innovation to thrive, make sure you're tending to the garden, channel Charlie Dimmock and get your pruning gloves on.